0: It is incredible what God is doing around the world. And he's bringing peoples from around the globe to our doorstep. This is the hour for the church, brethren. This is the hour to stand up and get out there. God knows. And you know, we've used the word chaos this morning quite often. Things aren't falling apart. They're falling together. They're falling in order. We don't want to go back to the same old, same old. We don't want to go back to what was normal. It's a new normal. God is reshaping things. God is absolutely sovereign. If I didn't believe that, I would have gone nuts, absolutely crazy, out of my mind a long time ago. The the places we've been, the stuff we've seen, people we've met. God is absolutely sovereign, and that's the message this morning. Living with the end in view. Everyday life, the mundane, ordinary stuff of life, going to work, tomorrow morning, going to school. Living with the end in view. Despite the current political turmoil, and we got it, don't we? Social mayhem, and we have that too. We've got friends in Portland, Seattle, oh, man, Chicago, we've got mayhem going on, and of course, Minneapolis, and the ongoing COVID restrictions and lockdowns, Manila, the Philippines is totally locked down. We're supposed to be going there next month, totally no way. But life goes on, praise God, by His mercy and by His grace. Let's clearly keep in mind that whatever the news this morning and later this afternoon, the 24-second cycle of news these days, not the 24-hour cycle, the 24-second cycle. Am I right? Absolutely. Whatever the news, God's purpose will stand. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. As we live our daily lives, we can have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And we can have a calm assurance deep in our heart that God reigns and He rules, and as we have heard over and over, He is a good, good Father. God cares. An unexpected blessing, or blessed outcome for Mary and me, well I'll speak for my, well it's true for both of us, during this pandemic, is our wings have been clipped. In other words, we, we can't travel we can't fly. We've had trips all over the United States canceled. We've had a trip to South Africa canceled. As I said, Manila can't travel. Of course, initially we were a little bit frustrated, but you know at the end of it all as we sat and thought, it was good to think it was good to have in my perspective God's permission. Weird language, right? Weird way of looking at it. God's permission to literally sit and think and pray and read my Bible slowly. The way I'm wired is get up and go. That's the way I'm wired. It's a good thing. It's a God thing. God creates us with innate strengths, correct? We're wired very individually and personally. Praise God we're not the same. Well, the way I'm wired is get up and go. What are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Let's get it done. Well, during this season of life and time, you know, God said, sit the while." It's a Selah moment. There's a Hebrew word. It means to reflect on what is being said, to praise. And it's used 71 times in the book of Psalms and three times in the book of Habakkuk which has become a favorite book of mine these past few months. This sounds odd, but like I said, it's like God has just said, come on, sit a while. Be cool, man. Take it easy. And you know what? I didn't fight, and I didn't resist, and I didn't complain or bicker or bellyache or whine because I realized God, and I'll use the language of the morning, is a good good Father. One thing we've enjoyed during this time of sitting and reading, praying, is enjoying the book of 1 Peter, together, together. The Apostle Peter wrote in this caring pastoral letter while he was under house arrest in Rome to a scattered flock of Gentiles and Jews. Check that out. We're one, but we're not the same. Gentiles and Jews. You don't get any different than that. Who were under extreme pressure, persecution, harassment. And he's writing a letter to them in order to strengthen them, to encourage them. And one of our take-home or take-to-heart lessons from the letter of 1 Peter is that God is sovereign and in control of everything, including our personal lives. Not just the affairs of the nations, but he's in control of our personal lives. He ordains the steps of a good man and a good woman. God literally ordains our steps. We have known, you know, this is not a random meeting. When Marianne and I were pulling into the parking lot this morning and we sat there for a moment and prayed before we walked in the door. We, we said, God, thank you for this hour. You have ordained this hour. This isn't random. This isn't like, well, I just think maybe I'll wander over to the church. Well, maybe some of us are that way. You know, sleepwalking, half awake, looking for a cup of coffee. That's not our God. I had a conversation last night, we were at a wedding in Rock Rapids, that's why we're here now. And I'm sitting there with a niece, she's had to make some major decisions, and she, she, her heart is to please the Lord, she just wants to please the Lord. She's such a lovely Christian gal. And I said, you know Donnie, your heart is to please the Lord. She said, I could go that way or I could go this way, and I'm not sure which way to go. I said, your heart is to please the Lord. Just choose. Just make a decision. She said, I want to please the Lord. I said, I know what he knows. Make a decision. And it was like she was released of some anxiety or some weight of the, the, making a decision. I said, God knows. Make your decision. He'll guide you. As we humble ourselves under His mighty hand and cast our anxieties upon Him, we can trust our Heavenly Father. 1 Peter 5.7 He is totally, absolutely good for His Word. Taking stock, hopefully during these uncertain, uncharted, unprecedented days, people, especially God's people, especially us this morning, people by, God's people by faith in his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ, his community of faith or church, hopefully we're taking stock of how we're living with the end clearly in view. You know there is a destination, you know, we're on a path, and there is an end, and again 1 Peter 4.7 says, the end of all things is at hand, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of prayer, and I know every body of Christ, Every local congregation has people who are gifted in prayer. They are intercessors. Thank you very much for being wired that way, being gifted by the Spirit to be a prayer warrior. But Peter is saying, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded, for the sake of prayer. What is God's purpose? What is the end? Where are we headed in all this so-called chaos? And it is weird, chaotic and weird out there. It is. All you need, we need to do is stick our nose out there. But God ordains the means to accomplish His purpose. He's sovereign, and he's absolutely providential. Those are big words, right? What they mean is, is God's in charge, and God is working out the way He's going to accomplish what He wants. Habakkuk two fourteen, and I said it in the in the video. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. During our uncertain days, we can be absolutely certain of this. God is sovereign and he ordains the means in order to accomplish his purpose. Burn that into your head. As he is burning it into my head. Things are not falling apart, they're falling together. What end should God's people have in clear view as we live our everyday lives? It's revealed in Revelation 7, 9 to 12. And I don't know if you're pre-trib or post-trib, that's not my point right now, and that's not the discussion. But this is the end in view, and John, the apostle, while he was in exile as an old man, this is the revelation, the view he was given by the Spirit of God. Revelation 7, 9 to 12, says this. This is where we are headed as God's people. Again, Revelation 7, 9 to 12. After this I looked. John the Apostle is writing. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to God, to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they all fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this what we just read what John wrote down for all of eternity. That is the destination. That is God's end game. That is where we are headed. So when life gets crazy, when we're reading the news and going, "Man, what is going on out there? Regardless of the plans of man, God's purpose will stand. This is not a sci-fi movie. This is reality. Stephen Covey, now here's where we're getting a little meddling now. This is where we're going to bring it to home. Stephen Covey, in his best-selling book The Seven Habits of of Highly Effective People, his habits one to three are these. Number one, be proactive. Get ahead of it. Plan accordingly. Get things in order. Get in harmony. Get in the groove. As Donnie was saying, I'm not sure if I should go that way or this way. Donnie, don't fret. Your heart is to please the Lord. Make decisions accordingly. Begin with the end in view. Are your affairs in order? Are your relationships in good order? One of the things Marianne and I have been doing for... It took several years, actually, well, four or five years back in Manila and in Minneapolis and now in Robbinsdale is downsizing, or what I would call right-sizing. We don't need half the junk we tote around. We don't need it. Live simple. Get your finances in order. Get out of debt. Be mobile. When God or if God says move, get ready to move. Go. Go. That has been our end game for probably four or five years, to declutter life. Not that we were cluttered, not that we're hoarders, but you know how life is. We just, you collect stuff while we might need this someday. Well, uh, forget it. My office right now is a fanny pack, serious. Now I have a little office in our little apartment. It's a real little apartment. It's a one-bed, it's a very small, how many square feet? 600 square feet. Yeah, I know. But we are happy campers. We are really happy campers. It's a good thing we get along well, too. I'm telling you. But we do. We're on the same page. Sometimes we read it a little bit differently, but that's okay. That's a good thing. Begin with the end in view. And then thirdly, put first things first. Are we investing our time, our talents, and our treasure in bettering people and things that truly matter and they will outlast us? That will actually outlast us. Are our lives, our personal relationships, our resources and affairs in a God-pleasing order? Yeah, God is a good father. Yes, he is. But are we good children? Are we obedient children? That's the other side. D.L. Moody, you know, the great preacher, the great evangelist, he said this. Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. Let me repeat that, because that's like a... Like, you know, really. D.L. Moody, the great preacher from Chicago. Our greatest fear should not be failure but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. Keeping things clearly in view. The end game. Living life with the end in clear view. With Peter's exhortation and John's vision in our mind and heart, how are we living in view of the coming reality? Some of us are clear-eyed and walking toward this destination in harmony with the Spirit, And harmony with God's word. Some of us are too settled. We're too hunkered down. We like our stuff. This is mine. Well, not really. Not really. We're too settled and we're too comfortable in this world. And we need to be reminded a little shaken up would do some good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. A little shaken up can do some people some real, you know, do some good. We need to be ri- reminded that really we're pilgrims, really we're sojourners, we're just passing through, really. And then there are others of us who are fearful. Pastor David said that, I, I get it, I really do, I'm not, I'm not diminishing that one iota. Some of us are full of anxiety. Where we're ministering now in South Minneapolis, just off of Lake Street in Chicago. We're helping a little church there that really is hunkered in. The whole neighborhood is torched, or boarded up, profanity. People are anxious, people are fearful, people aren't sleeping well. You, I understand, it's cha- it is chaotic. I get it, but the church is there ministering, loving, one-on-one, personal relationships, friendship. It's beautiful to see. People are hungry. We have a Wednesday evening barbecue in the parking lot, free burgers and hot dogs and all the fixins, and everyone's welcome everyone no questions asked everyone we got people multilingual we got homeless people people just driving by and it, it's not about it's not an hour for preaching it's an hour for building relationship community the community the community's been hurt badly we want to rebuild we want healing we have our worship services actually it's happening right now our worship service on the neighbor on the out on the parking lot also, weather permitting. It's beautiful to praise the Lord, preaching the word, getting together. People are coming. But they're right in the middle of it. Young and old, black and white, Latins, Latinos, Asians, homeless. It's beautiful to see, to be a part of. People are being comforted. I close with this and then we'll show the the last video there. Longtime friends they live in the Chicago area sent us this prayer of benediction recently that blessed them and it blessed Marianne and me. So I hope it blesses you as well. In the name of Jesus, I bless you with all the promises of God, which are yes and amen. May the Holy Spirit make you healthy and strong in body, mind, and spirit, to move in faith and expectancy. May God's angels be with you to protect you and keep you. May your feet walk in holiness, and your steps be ordered by the Lord. May your hands be tender and may they they heap blessing on those in need and may your heart be humble and receptive to one another and to the things of God, not to this world. God's grace be upon your home and may it be a sanctuary of rest and renewal, a haven of peace with sounds of joy and laughter. A home with walls, a home with walls where love and unconditional acceptance of one another is the constant rule. May God give you the spiritual strength to overcome the evil one and to avoid temptation. And may God's grace be upon you to fulfill your dreams and your visions. May goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Amen and amen.